welcome to the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast. Your hosts are Phil McGurk and Scott McFadden. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast is a roundtable discussion designed to bring a number of viewpoints on cleaning, carpet cleaning and restoration related topics together in one place. Hello all, welcome to the podcast this week. This week's a bit of a special one. Um, today we're going to be talking about Carsey and what is Carsey. So I've got Brooke with me. Brooke actually works in the office, uh, so she's designing many of the programs and courses and everything that we're putting online. So welcome, Brooke. Thank you. Well, great to have you and uh, great to see what you're doing is uh, working, I think. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so today we're just going to talk a, bit, a little bit about what Carsey is uh, and what uh, drove the concept. So I've sort of written out a bit of a, a spiel, I suppose. Um, the idea is not to today, just to not really discuss um, the, the marketplace, but what's really not in the marketplace. And that's really the reason for uh, bringing in CARSI. So what is CARSI? Uh, CARSI is simply uh, the Cleaning and Restoration Science Institute. Uh, and what that means is that uh, we sort of want to you know, recognise the industry, but we also want to uh, bring the industry up, get better uh, expectations for the industry and develop some support and establish some common best practices um, over many cleaning platforms. Uh, I'm, I'm in the restoration uh, part of the cleaning industry and for me, a lot of the industry is not um, or has not been recognised as far as uh, I believe that it's only you know five, maybe ten percent of the industry does restoration, and we simply forget there's a lot more cleaners out there. So, what's your thoughts on that, Brooke? Is that uh, I know your background? You have a cleaning company. Yep. And um, do you find, as a, a small business owner, do you find that as a cleaning, uh, having a cleaning company, where you what what's your specialty? What do you do? Um, it was more the residential and bond cleaning yep. side of things. Okay, and and um, I guess for those sort of businesses, is there is there much education in the market for you starting a business, um, employees that sort of thing, or is it sort of no. just how did how did you then establish your business, and why did you think it was a good thing to establish your own business? Yeah, so I started it originally because I liked the flexibility. So I was doing that in between working other jobs. Um, I've always had OCD and have liked cleaning and (laughs) was always vacuuming and detail cleaning my own house and friends' houses and then had people asking to pay me to do cleaning and then that's basically how I started the cleaning company and learnt a lot over the way. Do you find, like, that sounds like a common way people get into the industry. Is that, you've got a network, I know you've got a network of people, is that sort of the network of people that you have? Yeah, Yeah, that's how they started. Stay at home mums that are wanting to do something that there's not a lot of jobs out there that they can do within those school hours. They're limited to kind of four or five hours a day. So what can they do where if the kids are sick or, um, you know, school drop-offs and pick-ups and not having to worry about relying on somebody else or annoying someone because, oh, the kids are sick again or I've got to be there at this time to pick them up from school. And that was kind of the track that I went down was it it worked for me and it worked for my family. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like how we all got into this, wasn't it, really? I I got onto this um, simply I knew someone I used to play golf with and went to school with 
And um, same thing, he just needed someone to give him a hand and next thing you know, I'm working full-time for him. So it seems to be that way that uh, we sort of just dive into this game without really having any expectations and yeah. and we just sort of go ahead and do it. So so yeah. I guess what Carsey was then was looking at is that uh, we had a look a little while ago about how many cleaning companies there are registered in Australia and I think there was 186,000 or something. Yeah, is that right? it was, a, it was so, a lot. Something like that. So, so that's uh, a major employee of... Uh, you know, Australian business. If you if you can sort of gather that there's probably on average five staff uh, for each one of those businesses. We're talking half a million plus people employed and just in Australia for yeah. cleaning. Um, and just for this latest outbreak, uh, I know you come to me yesterday and said that um, Victoria are looking to have people go from Queensland down to. Victoria for aged care cleaning. Can you elaborate on what that was? Yep. Um, so a friend of mine, her mum works in aged care and um, they, I guess, are having to up that standard of cleaning and what they're doing and making sure that those environments especially are safe for those people. And we've had a couple of COVID cases in within those aged care facilities as well down in Victoria. So um, they were wanting more support. They've got a lot of staff that are essentially refusing to go to work because they don't want the risk and they, you know, are worried about their health and the, um, I guess, precautions that are put in place as to, you know, how are they going to be kept safe? How are they going to prevent getting sick themselves and then taking it home to their families? So yeah. they're finding those people that are, I guess, willing to work for the risk and um, trying to get people that understand how to do it, what they need to do. But there still doesn't seem to be a lot of understanding behind what's the right practice, what's the most effective way, are we testing, how do we test, what do we test for? So there doesn't seem to be a lot of that. And uh, that same friend did work at an aged care facility for a bit as well as a cleaner. And even just the things that they were doing, blew my mind of just what by not meeting standards or um i think the main concern for me was the fact that they're not cleaning touch points okay so you know the handrails in the hallway they're doing the floors but they're not doing the handrails that go all the way down the hallway they're not cleaning the um like the gathering areas where they're dining and door handles and things like that they're doing the bedrooms once a week Right. And nobody else is touching it. And then what are they cleaning with? And we were looking at the products and stuff like that and they're not using disinfectants. Okay. So uh, I guess what it, what we're sort of saying is that um, as cleaners, I think as cleaners we're put into situations many times um, where realistically there isn't training. We're just sort of, oh, you're the cleaners, you go and do it. And I think that's very, it's common practice. And it's not just for the cleaning, it's also restoration. It's also uh, carpet cleaning. It's um, commercial cleaning, bong cleaning. Like so many aspects, I, I believe, where it just, okay, we'll just get the cleaner to do it. You know what I mean? So so the direction of Carsey, um, and and this is the, 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 the reason for starting up Carsey, was there was a lack of... Uh, understanding around what is a cleaning company, the responsibilities of a cleaning company, and where they get that education from. So, you know, training and education has always been key for myself and my business. Um, and I've always had people around me that have been 
um, in the right position to uh, access information for critical parts of my business. You know, like there's uh, not only just the cleaning side of things, there's a the whole business aspect of owning a business. So your accountancy, um, you know, there's, you know, marketing, marketing yeah. yeah, like all these sorts of things. And so what Cassie was sort of designed for was to bring or, or bridge the gap, I suppose, um, for the cleaners that are out there or wanting to become, uh, have their own cleaning company, to understand business requirements, the training requirements, and also the documentation that's required. Um, you know, and look, we're not, we all don't come from an education background. Um, and as I said, Brooke, it's, it's one of those things, you know, what do I do in my spare time? Um, it gets started and then all of a sudden you clean them with someone else and then you're employing people, you know. So um, what what are some of the things that when we started this, what are some of the things that you were looking for as a small business owner? And I know you brought a lot of um, that information into what we do at Carsey, but what, uh, you know, what were some of those simple steps that we looked at to, to put into Carsey and that we could sort of say, you know, this is what small businesses really do need. Yeah. And, um, you know, what were some of those steps? Um, so we always wanted to make sure that whatever information that we were putting together that it had a use, it had some form of value value to that small business, small cleaning business and, you know, how would they use it, making sure that it was valuable. Yep. But also making sure that it's easy to understand Um a lot of different aspects have their own terminology and average person, if they're not in that industry, they won't necessarily understand what that information means. So we're trying to put it, I guess, easy for anybody to walk in and go, yeah, I, I can read that. Yep. I know what that means. And I guess on that, you're also trying to find that information. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was one of the other things as well. So, yep. Yep. Um, making sure that... Uh, any platform that we were using between the website, Facebook page, all of that sort of stuff, uh, that it was easy to access, easy to navigate, um, that you didn't have to click around on all of the different tabs just to find what you were looking for, that it's clear, um, making sure that, you know, we're not charging unrealistic pricing for that sort of those sorts of resources because yep. in the end we're wanting to support those small businesses and not just be another added cost yeah. For them. So how know. did you come up how did we come up with the prices? Like I know we had many discussions. We started off with a price, we changed it. I think we changed it four or five times. Yeah. Like it was it was one of those things that we we found very hard to price. Yeah. Um and we come up with a price and I mean as a small business owner, we, how we discussed it was we were looking at the margins yeah. of small businesses and I think that's one of the big things as yeah. well is you know there's so much responsibility and high expectations of a cleaner you go out and do a job and they want to pay the bare minimum of a price yep. and get the highest quality they've ever received yeah absolutely so I guess we were trying to um, find that happy medium that pays for the the value in the resources that we've you know putting up on the site and we're always putting more information and everything up as well. So yep. what's up there now, that's not just it. We're always working on something and releasing something else. So yeah. that price is just supporting that. But once we've made that resource, it's there. Yep. So, you know, we will make sure that it's up to date if things change or those bits and pieces. But we did have a look and kind of broke down on that bond cleaning aspect and, you know, how many hours does it take? What sort of pricing do people usually charge? And then working out, take out your hourly rates and 
you know, cost of products and things like that and, you know, what's left over and... Very little most times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we didn't want to just be another organisation that took money and you're sitting there going, what am I actually paying for? Yeah. You know, this is another cost, another subscription. You've got marketing, you've got accounting, you've got any organisation that you might be signed up for for support, but what do they actually offer you? Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it's not much. Very, yeah, very You're little. associated We've with them <laughs> and that's about it and that was what we were finding. Yeah. Is and that's across the board, not just for this industry yeah. as well, Like because uh, we did look at a lot of different industries. Oh, we looked at some HR, yeah, bookkeeping. Like, absolutely. And it just seems to be the same as that, you know, you pay $1,000 a year and what you're really getting is very little. Yeah. You're getting a link to get some information or... Uh, and sometimes not even that. It's yeah. just that you could say that you are associated yeah. with that group or that whoever it might be that, you know, you can call on them. But even then when you do call on them, can they help you? That's right, yeah. Until you're in that position where you're going, oh, my God, I, I really need help. And, you know, can they actually offer that to you? Mm. They say that they're there to support and do all those bits and pieces, but what do they actually do when you get into those positions? Well, I mean, that brings us to one of the next, um, you know, the guidelines that we had as well was building a community. Yeah. Um, You know, and that, again, is um, what we offer at CASI is that if you're struggling or you need information or something, we have the ability to build a course or information, grab that information for you, as part of your package, which, you know, that's never been available to anyone yeah. I know of, especially like like mum and dad, small business owners. So so just to let everyone know, um, there is there is membership. So we there is a membership fee of $22 a month. Um, well, you can pay a yearly subscription, which virtually you pay for 10 months and get two free. And virtually all that's covering is just the cost of the, the platform itself. It's not, we're not trying to gouge anybody, uh, but what we're trying to do is um, provide a platform for people to come to, feel comfortable about asking questions and, and get a response. Now, just because you ask a question doesn't mean we can get a response to everything straight away. We still may require professionals to come in and do that. So the other part of what we're trying to do is build a business community inside the community where we have, um, you know, people that actually have other businesses, um, accountancy firms, lawyer firms, um, OH&S, uh, all those sorts of things that you may require, that they can come in and give some sort of advice as well. So that's that's the other part of the community we're trying to develop as well. So, um, you know, and there's different skills that we, we all provide as well. So my skills are more on the restoration side, where Brooke's skills are you know, the development of programs and, um, you know, different training applications for, uh, you know, bond cleaning, um, detail cleaning was the main thing. And, um, you know, and that's what Brooke's developing now is a detail cleaning package. So I know as a business owner, Brooke, you started off and you had a few ideas, which were great ideas for small businesses, and I've never heard of it before, and that was a maintenance cleaning package. Yeah. So can you explain that sort of thing? Yeah, so I've, over the last probably couple of years, I've had a cleaning company on and off for the last seven years now, and I either get cranky or I get poached by another business because 
I've just always had other people that have wanted help and I've gone and helped them or gotten cranky with something and just decided, no, don't want to do it anymore. Um, But over the last couple of years, I've been working on um, what I've called a maintenance package. So everybody wants a bond clean. When they move out of a house, they want a bond clean. But they also don't want to pay that price. And you go into a bond clean and you don't know if they've never cleaned the whole time that they've lived there or they've kept up on top of everything and they still want you to give that price without seeing anything. So can we just break that down a bit? Because this is, uh, this is part of that uh, cleaning that people don't understand is that a bond clean. What is a bond clean and what is sufficient in a bond clean? And what is too much and what's not enough? Yeah, so it it does depend on the real estate because some agents will pick up some things and other agents will pick up other things. So it is very much dependent on the real estate agent themselves, not even just the agency, but the individual agent. And they change constantly. Yeah, so is there a standard for cleaners to go? So there's no standard? There's no standard. There's a lot of checklists out there. Um, You know, the real estate may say, You've got your usual exit report. So that's generally what they go off. But yep. what um, you know, I had a friend that got a bond cleaning exit report back and it said that the cabinets were hastily wiped out. That was the notes that were left on her exit report. And what does that mean? Does that mean, like, how, how can you describe it as hastily wiped out? Is yeah. it clean or is it not clean? Well, does yeah. it matter how fast you've done it or is it that it wasn't clean enough? Was it, did we forget to do into the corners? I helped her with little bits and pieces and she was, I think, eight months pregnant. So (laughs) I can understand how she probably did hastily wipe it it out. But what do you want me to do? Do do I need to, which bit, which, what have I missed? Was there a small layer of dust on it? But also how long? from when we cleaned it, did you go in and look at yeah, it? Yeah, that's because right. Because dust resettles. I mean, there's, there's actually so many factors. And then what was the, the pre-report going into the – was it a new house? Was it an existing house, old house? Uh, it was an existing house. It was in yeah. one of the newer estates in Ripley yeah. um, in Ipswich. So it was a fairly new house and her partner is a professional painter and he even painted one of the rooms because he had um, put like little holes – yeah, yeah. Putting um, cording and stuff like that for his TV. He's very big on his TV and media room setup. So, um, but because he's a professional painter, he can fix it. It's not a big deal. And he painted it, and they still said that the walls were dirty. Right. After being painted. After being yeah. painted by a professional painter. So, <laughs> so these are the sort of things. That's right. I've had another cleaning company that has called me because there was a spider web in a corner. Now, that's out of anybody's control. You can go there on one day and there's nothing that's there right. and you've knocked it down and then a spider makes his way in. Mm-hmm. You've had I've had people go out and have pest control companies come in and I've been called back because you can see where they've sprayed the window tracks mm-hmm. and there's little bits of chemical along the bottom of the window. Yeah. And you can see and you can explain that to them. But there's no real standard. There's no clear expectation of this is what needs to be done. This okay. is the level that it needs to be so, done to. So what... what did you do? Did you look around to see if there was a stand in some cleaning? I did a lot of Googling. I right. did looked at a lot of big businesses. So um, I spent a lot of time going through all of the different businesses and, you know, what do they offer in their standard biz- their standard bond clean? Right. What does their checklist look like? Um, what are their rough pricing? I got estimates on, I'd ask one company, you know, your standard house is usually about three to four bedrooms and two bathrooms yep. generally. And you can usually work it out from there and work out what's the per room cost or okay. work it off of that. So, But again, you, you're sort of, unless you go out to each site, you're quoting blind, 
you're sort of relying exactly. on. Exactly. You're relying on that people clean up after themselves. Yeah. And I've gone out to some bond cleans where there's dishes in the sink and I'm like, hang on a second, this is supposed to be an empty house. Right. I've <laughs> been called back because there were rubbish bags in a cupboard. I'm like, that's not a me problem. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the tenant. That's They haven't finished getting their yeah. stuff out. So I guess what we're talking about there is um, what we're trying to do at Carsey here is implement some sort of standard or guidelines that house cleaners, bong cleaners, um, you know, builders cleaners as well is another yeah. one, um, where they can have some sort of guideline to go along with and, um, you know, they can feel comfortable. But as far as a guideline goes, you've got to look at the aspects inside that guideline. Um, and what people don't realise is there's a uh, an aspect of documentation. Um, and I feel that sort of limited in the cleaning industries simply because, you know, you're going in there, your margins are very, very short, and you're just trying to get that job done. Uh, but the consequences of that is exactly what you're talking about. They'll call you up on silly things and, look, it might only be a cobweb in a corner or you have to rewipe a, a cabinet or something, but... You know, that's time and time Still, is money. Travel is the Absolutely, biggest one. It's you know, getting back to that job and yeah. it might only take 10 minutes, but your travel time And you've got to get, maybe get the keys from somewhere. And, yep. you know, so so I guess what we're trying to do with Cass is look at those problems and look at resolutions for those problems. So um, a big thing of what we're working on is um, not only just, you know, you're a cleaner, you need to clean this, is, is what's actually involved um, and how do you gather that information? So I know we've been working on a few things, and you've got a spreadsheet up there by the looks of it on your computer. Can you just describe actually some of the uh, things we've been working on there? Yep. Um, so we have developed a, um individual safety library. So that one's got um, a lot of videos that I guess small businesses could use for inducting new right. staff members, so yep. letting them know what their obligation as an employee is yep. and also what your obligation as an employer is because again in this industry there's no real standard other than the workplace health and safety right. standards on regulations and that's look that's very important too because um, as a business owner um, some of your insurances will require that you have trained your staff on these and you have to show evidence of this so i mean so what we've done is virtually put a package together you can use for your staff. They can sign off. Um, now, what uh, what sort of information there? There's videos? Yep. So we've got videos. We've got text versions of it as well so that those people that um, learn better from that visual aspect and even with audio over the top yep. can take that in because I, I know some people will watch a video and go yep I've got it other people have to read it themselves some people have to write yeah. it out themselves and we've got those different aspects uh, within the platform so we're covering all those different styles of learning so yeah. it is simple we've tried to make it as clear as possible simplest terms we can possibly use without having big words and yeah. you know and it's not saying that they're not going to understand those words but the simpler it is yeah. That, that's the main aspect with anything to do with education. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're teaching a university degree or a TAFE course or high school. The, the more you keep it simple, the easier people are going to learn. And, you know, you can always work up to and develop those that terminology and Absolutely. stuff like that. And different industries are going to have all those different terms that are used. And I guess that's kind of what we're doing. We're taking it back to those basics and explaining what something is, explaining that terminology, you know, 
before I started doing work with you, Phil, I didn't really know much about PPE or what we should be using it. I'd never used any of that sort That's of right. stuff before. I had gloves. That was about it. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's it's the difference of, um, you know, this, the difference of what we actually do in our business as well. Like um, restoration and your, you know, that bond cleaning, house cleaning, that sort of thing. So, but I guess the the beauty about what we're doing is it gives you those upskill abilities as well. Yeah. So you know, like you said, like you might have gone into a, a property that has a malodor, you know, instead of walking away going, oh, I don't know what to do, um, it could be the fact where you're already at the property um, and to remove that malodor might be, you know, $10 in chemical, half an hour in time, but you might be able to charge $150, $200. But yeah. getting your profit, that, like, that's that profit margin, um, you know, building your business uh, and differentiating your business as well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like all that sort of stuff is in there and just going back on the insurance side of things and we just, um, we actually just going through insurance for our business now. And part of what the insurance company is after now is, um, a handbook for the company. Um, you know, also a, a resume of the owners. So what they're trying to do is limit the liability. So these are cost savings for our business by having this information available, um, and, and the reason for doing this is um, I'm already doing it in my business already. So it's not really that too much of a stretch to add these uh, things that I'm doing for my business. And my business is a multi-million dollar business, you know. So there's a lot of things that I have to do on that side of the business that small businesses don't have to do. But if you can have that access to that information for that time when you do grow or that time when you do need that information, it is... <coughs> readily available and accessible for you so we sort of called it um, in my business the cradle to the grave um i don't know if that's good terminology or not but simply meaning that you know if we're needing to employ a new person we have a system in place that enables us to have a um a direction of a, an ad depending if it's a admin administration girl guy um a manager um you know a cleaner, it could be a specialist in bioforensics. So we have all these ads already set up that there's no sense us if we need it today, like looking today. We have a system where we can apply these ads at any time, have an interview process, uh, and part of our interview, it's a three-step interview process where um, you apply, you get an email, you have to read um, our company policies, ask a few questions. If that comes back, well, then you get a second email, which is on our company handbook. There's a few more questions in there. And then after that, if they get back, well, then there's a third interview, which is a face-to-face. And the reason for us doing that is that part of our job description is is reading and writing and understanding uh, what the company policies are. And uh, for any business at all, it doesn't matter. If you're employing somebody, they must understand your company policies. It's no good you having um, your company is honourable, um, do the job correctly every time, money back guarantee. When you're employing somebody that, you know, just comes in with their thongs on, puts they their hat backwards. Yeah, they don't. Got. That's right. They just they just walk in. It's just a job to them. They're getting paid at the end of the week, whether it passes or not. That's sort of what we're looking at with our business. So that's that um, onboarding system. And, you know, people leave as well. So we, we can't help that in business, whether they want to start their own business, uh, their lives change, they just don't get along with you. Whatever reason they leave, you have to have an exit strategy as well. So 
Um, initially, when we we're starting up, Cassie, that's how it all come about. Was I'm already doing this in my business anyway? Why don't we put this on a platform that is available to many businesses that just don't have that accessibility to gather that information? So. Um, that's sort of a bit about that. So what else you got on the list there? What else? Um, so we've got some procedure information. Um, so yep. simple things like washing hands. So a lot of yep. businesses have got posters and things like that. So we've got a poster um, that they can use within their business so they're not having to spend that time and either find one on the internet or yep. do it themselves. Um, safe and effective disinfecting. So, um, you know, whether it's machinery, equipment, yep. anything like that, what's the right way to do it? You know, what are the things that you need to pay attention to? So what's the benefit of that, I suppose, for that with small businesses? Let's say they just employ one or two people. What, what are the benefits, do you think, of having these sorts of systems? Well, I guess it, it takes that person having to go through and physically train that person. Yep. You can have them go through this platform and, you know, watch the videos um, we're in the process of doing a bit of a quiz so that once they've watched the videos, they can do that quiz yep. and then the business owner or management, whoever it might be, can go back over that and go, yep, they understand. And then, you know, they might quiz them again a little bit further just yep. to double check that they haven't yeah. flicked it a little bit or but I think, but I think taking it, out that time. Yeah, it's also, as business owners, we become complacent, I suppose, as well. So it's, it's, it's just having that checklist there that you can have already built where you've got a new employee. Okay, well, this is the steps for a new employee and they go through that. So I think it takes away that complacency as well. So. Yeah, it takes a bit of a, a, a workflow as well, I guess. You know, yeah. this is step one and step two is this. You're not forgetting different steps and stuff like that. And I've worked in lots and lots of different businesses where, you know, oh, I forgot to do that or, oh, crap, yeah. I've forgotten to go through emergency procedures. Yeah. And you go, how did you forget to do that like yeah <laughs> where, where's the checklist to go yes we've gone through this okay sign at the bottom yeah and some businesses have that the bigger businesses i've worked for telstra and you know those bigger businesses yeah. they do have those checklists and you so have to sign at the bottom and have a manager sign off going yeah we did go through all of those things yeah. and then you go to the small businesses and you know under work and uh, workplace health and safety they should have those requirements. Well, it's actually not even a should, it's a shall. Well, yes. It's so, um, so for terminology, <laughs> shall means you must have. Um, and it, look, as far as that sort of thing for insurance purposes as a business, uh, whether you've done it or not, it, it's not the point. The point is that the law is there. As, a, as soon as you own a small business, you have to understand the law. Yeah. Plain and simple. There's no black and white. So I guess what we're trying to do there is take away some of that pressure as well as being a business owner yeah. and um, have these developed already for you. And look, they're, they're nothing. They're, like, they're not big. No. You know, documents or anything like that. But they're necessary documents that you should or shall have yep. <laughs> in in your workplace. Um, and, and just look for the off case that something does happen. Um, if you have this paperwork and can show and prove this paperwork's been done, your liability is tremendously dropped. Um, you know, and that's just how insurance works. So, okay, what else have we got in there? Um, so with those safety videos, which are explaining, you know, what an employee should do or should know and what an employer should do and should know, we've got the policies and procedures that go with that. So that takes out a massive aspect. And yep. in there, we've highlighted where you need to, you know, replace your business name and also brought to attention that, they, you know, 
to start off with, you do need to read through because there's no point in having a policy if you're not following it. Absolutely. So um, we do make sure that on the policies, make sure that you read through it and make sure that you stick to it because these policies and procedures that we've put together, they are those bare minimums. That's what's That's expected right. under the workplace health and safety regulations and legislation. So, um, you know, some of them, you won't need to have all of them, but if you do choose that policy to have within your business, which is kind of like your bare minimums, you've got your um, anti-bullying and harassment and incident reporting and those sorts of things. Yeah. And I can almost guarantee you go out to majority of the cleaning companies, if they're a little one, they don't have that. Absolutely. They don't have that. They'll wait till an incident happens and then they go, crap, where, where do we get an incident report yeah. from? How do we do an incident report? Who do we have to no- like? Who do we have to notify? Yeah. And it's kind of just making that as simple as possible. Um, we've got some templates on JSEA, so your job safety environmental analysis, right. um, so SOPs. What, what? Yeah, so let's go back to that, the JSSEAs. That's a new terminology that's sort of coming into the workplace now. Um, it was just JSAs originally. What, uh, what? When are we using a JSA to explain to people? Um, so that's going over the job itself. You yeah. know, what's the safety aspect of it? Um, what environmental safety aspects do we have? You know, is there waste disposal that we need to take extra yeah. considerations into? You know, what products are we using that, you know, might have extra safety precautions that we yeah. have to take? And just documenting that. Because in the end, if something goes wrong and you've got that information and you've got that plan in place, yeah. if your employee hasn't followed it but you've got it there it backs you up to yeah. an extent. And it's actually a requirement as well. Yeah. So, um, so look, as a business owner, uh, it's simply, it's not just going out there and cleaning anymore. Um, as a business owner, there's a whole business side to owning a business. And I think the, the lacking of that is what's holding the, the cleaning industry down. And for us, we want to try and bring that industry up. Um, you know, so... Um, you know, all these sorts of little things that you think aren't necessary for your business actually are. And that's what differentiates you from your competitors as well. So, you know, as you said, like anybody can start up a cleaning company, but it's the value that you provide in your cleaning company and how you can show that value. And look, some people just aren't going to pay for value. Some mm-hmm. people just don't have a value for a dollar. Um, so the simple way I try to explain it to my staff is, you know, you can buy a TV for $100 you can buy a TV for $10,000. But if the salesman selling you the TV doesn't sell you the value of each of those TVs, you just buy the $100 TV because there's no yeah. difference in value. That's it. Um, and it's the same with cleaning. As, uh, people like The margins in cleaning are so small. It's only because we aren't explaining the values of what we're doing. And let's bring it back to that, um, what you were talking about before with you know um, the cleaners going into these places. And look, an 18-year-old or let's just say a 20-year-old that has five mates living in a three-bedroom unit, their cleaning standard is a lot lower than what, let's say, you know, a couple in their 40s with one child is going to be. So now you can't expect that the expectations of those 20-year-old kids is the same as a 40-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. So when you go in to clean these places, you have to have that understanding yourself, like, prior going into and saying okay now i need to show value for why this is the price yeah um you know and, and sometimes the 20 year olds just don't care but let's just say they've got a 1500 dollar bond well they, they care about 1500 dollars. that's it so you know so that's where the value comes into so 
you know, it, it's not just about cleaning own, owning a business. There's a lot of other aspects. So what else have we got in there? Um, so we've got an induction booklet. We've started working on um, a business toolbox. So that's, I guess, around that whole selling point and, yeah. you know, pointing out what are your unique selling points. Yep. So that's a big term um, marketing industry that's always comes back to that. If you don't know what your unique selling points are within your business, don't do marketing. Don't (laughs) even bother marketing because you have to be clear on what makes you special. Why choose you? Because there are, there are a lot of companies out there. If you don't, can't show where that value is, it doesn't matter what your price is. You could charge $10 an hour or $50 an hour. But if you can't show that, they're just going to choose you based on price. Absolutely. But if you can show, you know, I've been doing this for a long time or here's some before and afters. That's one yep. thing that I think in the industry so, just doesn't get So enough. let's work on that. Let's So you've, you've just um, like a little gold mine there. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the strategy is your before and after photos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as simple as that sounds... You, you tend to forget about that sort of stuff, yep. isn't it? You know, and visual is an amazing way to sell, um, you know. And what we see, like we've done a lot of research on the internet, we see a lot of companies using um, someone else's photos. And or just stock standard yeah, photos stock, with the smiling oh, cleaner and yeah. it doesn't look like she's cleaned a day in her life. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. So, um, you know, you really have to when you're marketing. And that's like that's another part of your business that you may not actually – be aware of that it's so important that you sort of overlook it and because you don't have the money to do it you just don't worry about it but again um brooke you've put uh, great things together not only marketing but facebook marketing mm-hmm. like google um yep. like those sorts of things what, what are you done in now i know you've got a diploma and yeah so i've just finished my diploma in social media marketing and i've started my diploma in digital marketing and seo um I've had a little bit of experience in a marketing company um, that was more aimed at uh, dentists and things like that. That was their kind of niche their market. Niche, yep. um, and you'll find that a lot as well. You've got all these marketing companies that their niche is dentists or medical or, yeah. you know, find me one that has a cleaning niche. That's right. There isn't one. Not from what I can see. There yeah. is not an actual company that goes, I advertise for cleaning companies. That is my job. That is what I do. That is what I know. Um, so, you know... And it's, it's not looked at as much because, you know, the profit margins aren't great. So yeah. they just avoid that whole market as a whole because they think, mm. oh, they can't afford it. So why put that money into advertising when in reality it's one of – it's a huge market. There's a lot of companies. As you and said, you yeah, 186,000 registered yeah. companies in Australia. And that's just the registered ones. Yeah. Those ones that so aren't even registered yet. That's, and that's, that's right. another market as well yeah. that build those ones up to be at Absolutely. that point. And I guess as a business owner, that's what you have to sell to the people that yeah. you're trying to get this material from. Is a, the same way, show them value for what who you are mm-hmm. and what you can bring to the table. Look, at the start, it may be limited funds that you have, but the better you can explain and they can then take that explanation and put it into your marketing material, you'll find that your growth will, will come, your margins will come, and therefore they will build their business off the back of your business. And then and there's then a growth. Yeah, that's right. And they're going to word of mouth and Absolutely. all of those sorts of yeah. things. Absolutely, yeah. So, from there. And look, I, look, I've been doing this for 20-plus years, and my Facebook marketing skills are take a photo, put a little caption on it, and that's it. And... 
I mean, I don't claim to be a marketing person, but that's my skill levels, and I know that. So, again, when Brooke started working for me, she'd already had that sort of ability, and she said to me, hey, I want to do this diploma. Is it okay if I do that? Absolutely, because that helps my business as well as her education. Um, so look outside the box. Like, you might have a family member. Um, and look, that diploma wasn't expensive, was it? School. No, 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 not at all. It's very it's cheap, yeah. It's a monthly cost and you, um, it's a subscription. And um, I was talking to one of the ladies that we work with the other day and she said, oh, um, that's not an RTO, you know, approved course. And I said, in the end, you go through those RTO, for marketing in particular, yeah. Marketing changes. Absolutely. It is always changing. And I did originally look into, you know, do I go and do a university degree? Because I was interested in that marketing aspect. But you spend four years in uni and you come out and it's all changed. That's right. So <laughs> why, why waste that money? Why spend that stupid amount of money yeah. on something that's not going to be relevant by that stage? So this is something that I did in, I think, eight weeks. Yep. Um, and I just noted stuff did a lot of notes and then I'd go back over our stuff and make sure that we're ticking all the boxes and I yeah. worked out that there's gaps that I didn't know that we should pay attention to. Um, there's bits on, you know, how do you create content? What content should you create? Yeah. How do you word it? Look, um, the easy thing is do you have a niece or a nephew? If yeah. you don't have children yourself, can you pay friends, for the course? Friends, kids, That's family right, members, That are kids. in school, um, you know, and when they come home from school, you just pay for their little course and that gives them an up in the business as well so you know it's not, it, not these things don't have to be expensive yeah. to get this education um but you have to realize that we, we can't do everything so as business owners we still have to run a business but we have to have these ideas but we need to be able to implement them somehow um and look i i know nothing about marketing so that's not my skill uh, my skill is the actual education side um, and so I've employed people. So, um, you know, but that's, you know, every you have to show that in your business that you are willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and education is one of those things in any business. It doesn't matter. And as you said, like <laughs> four years of uni, what did you learn in the first year, especially with marketing and it's, electronics it's or anything like that? I worked for a company yeah, five years ago and that marketing alone in those five years has completely oh, changed. Completely. Everything I, is Irrelevant. Yeah. It doesn't I, even matter. And I believe that just in the last month, um, Google Analytics has completely changed. Like, They're so always doing updates. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a constant revolving. So, all right, what else we got in there? Um, so even tools and apps, so things that can streamline your business. So we've yeah. got things like Calendly out there that, you know, clients can go on and, and book an appointment that you have available. You set your times and it's almost a set and forget. It's synced to your calendar. Just make sure that if you do have a booking, you put it in your calendar and it blocks out that time. Yeah. Because if you don't do those sorts of things, you will end up double booking yourself. So that's that's a great thing. Um, like, and I've only just heard of this Calendly. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the last couple of months. So I knew nothing about this sort of thing. But for a small business owner that, you know, you, you're – you're working away, you've got your gloves on, you're, you're knee deep in whatever you're cleaning, to get a phone call and you then try stop, and... take that's your gloves right. off, have the phone call, and then, end the phone call, that's gloves right. back on, and get you, back into yeah. where was I up to. And, and you, have to, you have to manage that phone call because you need that job. Yeah. Um, I mean, this system's fantastic because if you've got regular clients or anything like that, they can just simply just go onto this app i suppose it is or yep, website so, or? Um, you can embed it within your website so that just means that you can have a button where 
book through this. So encouraging yep. people to do that. You can do it through Facebook as well. Do posts saying book through this app, encourage people. If you get a phone call, answer the phone. Or what times have you got available? Go check out our website. Go to our Facebook page. Yeah. There's a link there. Go through. You'll see all of our available times. Pick one that works for you. Chuck your details in. Done. Rather than spending those 15 minutes going, hang on, let me check my yeah, calendar. Right. Let me work out. <laughs> Does this work for you? No, that doesn't work for me. I've got an appointment. Okay, let me find another time. And you're back and forwards. That's and that right. phone call can take 15 minutes. Absolutely. Then you've got the actual job. You've got the travel time. So how much time have you just spent in with that client and yep. then you've got to go and work for that client. And, and how much are you margins. getting for it? That's right, your margins. So, all right, what else we got in there? Um, so, we've got some quoting and invoicing information. So, yep. what information do you have to have on your invoices? Yep. I know for myself, that was something that I had to read a bit of information up on. Yep. You know, do but I charge GST? Do I have to charge yeah, well, GST? Yeah, that's it. So how do I do that? What does it need to look yeah. like? And just to give you a heads up, with invoicing or quoting, if you quote and you put, let's just say you haven't got a fixed quote and you put zero dollars uh, for your quote, um, it could be you know clean three bedrooms, kitchen, bathroom, exit clean, and you don't have a firm price, so you put zero dollars and then send that off to them. By law, they pay you zero dollars. Yeah, like you have to put a price in there. So you know, so there's all these little little tricks and. Uh, things that you need to know about, which will be in the toolbox as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I know what else is in there and there's um, like documentation is in there. Um, you know, so what we try to do, it, look, it takes five minutes and it is a, a sort of a, a task that I believe is a necessary task. And it's simply you walk through with your camera on video mode and walk through the property, making sure that you... Um, take film of every corner of that property. As silly as that sounds, that to me is one of the biggest ways you can save time and money and energy because of if you go to a property, clean it, and then someone else goes after you, let's just say they punch a hole in the wall. Who are they going to come back? Yeah, it's the cleaner. It's always your fault. It's always the cleaner. (laughs) So if you can have a quick video of how you walked into that property and how you walk, how you exited out of that property by having a quick video, store it somewhere on a hard drive. It'll take you five minutes at most, Mm -hmm. and that could save you that heartache of when that phone call comes in. You're having to drive out there now. You're trying to have to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. They're going, yes, it was. The the. Then you're having to talk to your insurance company. Absolutely, you know. So. So simple things that there's training that you need to do with your staff that that's implemented every time they go to site. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's what's in the toolbox as well. So yeah. what else and have I've, you got in there? I've joined a, um, a few different cleaning business owners' Facebook pages. Yep. So some of them um, are specific to Australia and some of them are even in America. And there was a post the other day and I was talking to someone about it because they've got a house that's got wooden floors um, and tiles and there's some chips in the tiles and some scratches on the floor and the the client's trying to say that it was from the vacuum cleaner right. now the tile chips it, it it looks like a glass or something or a plate maybe has been dropped on the floor it does not look like it's damaged and i said to them did you take before and after photos not for marketing not for anything else yeah. but just to cover you and he goes why would i do that and i said well you've got just the simple fact of you can use it for marketing. Yeah. But also when it comes to something like this, you're saying that the scratches have always been there, but where's your documents? That's Where, right. Where's your evidence to go, well, 
I do have this that backs me up. If you go somewhere and, you know, one of your cl- uh, your uh, staff members breaks a photo frame or yeah. anything, you know, that's what's going to back you up. If your staff member decides to not be honest about it and go, no, I didn't do that, well, where's your documentation? Yeah. Where's your photos? Okay, well, that's where that photo is. It's there on before yeah. and it's not on the after. So what happened in that time? And it's just those little bits and pieces that you can go back yeah. to and go. It's it's cheap insurance, honestly. Yeah. It is such cheap insurance. Um, and and look, um, we have a policy in our business that there's like they take photos from where they park to the front of the house. Um, you know, it's there, there's many things for for whatever reason that may pop up in two months' time. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that staff member may not be with you in two months' time. Yeah. So then, or they just might decide to run away because they don't yeah, want to deal with that's it. That's right. So they're like, so, no, I did do the wrong thing. I'm out. I don't yeah. want to talk about it. So that's yeah. the thing that's going to give you that information that you want to need without stepping on toes, without creating arguments. It's if you've got the photos, you can work it out from there. You've got that yeah. backup. Yeah. Um, other bits and pieces that we've got, we've got some SOPs that we use within. So standard operating procedures. Yep. So that's, that's becoming mandatory now uh, for OH&S um, for the simple fact uh, for ergonomics is one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've also got um, how you put away that piece of equipment, how you store it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's, it's, it's actually very important to, to go through every piece of equipment with your staff and sign off. And, and it's, uh, it could be how to use a microfiber glove. Yeah. Okay. So um, your company might have, you know, three different colours, four different colours, um, and it it should be just, you know, you don't use, let's say, a pink one that you use for the toilets on your bench tops. Yeah. You know, so as simple as that sounds, um, you know, not everyone thinks the same way as what you do as a business owner or, mm-hmm. um, you know, not everyone trains the same way as well. So it's just a simple way of having everybody follow the same procedures, signing off on it, and then you can simply just go around and do checks to see if that's actually being, you know, implemented. Yeah. And if it's not, there's two things you can do. You can retrain them or if they don't want to be retrained and they want to do it the wrong way, well, there's always the exit door as well. So, yeah. you and know. by having that procedure in place as well you can go down that path of you've got your written warnings and then you've got that documentation too so that if they you know get cranky and decide to go down the fair work track that you've got that well we gave them a warning we've trained them to start off with they've been given warnings we've retrained we've given warnings we've given all these chances this is the process that we have they haven't followed it and that's why and then fair work walks away because they're like well absolutely you've got all your boxes checked what more do they kind of want from you yep um, so we've got some, a little bit of information from different business consultants. So we've got uh, one about attracting talent. So that's about getting the right staff members yes. for your business, which I think is something that's not looked at as important as what it should be. Yep. Because in the end, you pay a lot of money just for training somebody Absolutely. and getting them to that point where they can go out and do those jobs. You know, where do you find those people that care? Where do you find those people yep. that don't just want to cruise through life and you know do what they want to do and waste time and not be productive and stuff like that yeah um and look even with these in practices in place it doesn't mean you're gonna this is the golden key no absolutely (laughs) not but it certainly gives you a leg up um and certainly an advance 
on picking and choosing um, people that are the same mentality that you are. Like, you want people that are like for like, um, you know, and that's, for a small business, I think that's critical and key is that we do have those people that we can trust and, um, you know, you can send them to the job. Everyone's going to have bad days. We get that. But how do you pull those bad days back? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of... That's what we try to aim for is those sorts of things as well. So, um, look, we're going to have to wrap it up there, Brooke. I do appreciate your time this morning. Um, so just wrapping up what Cassie is and the concept, uh, it's it's virtually it's for the small to medium-sized business owners. That's what it's for. Um, where, where we found a shortfall in the industry is that unless you're working for a large multinational company that has all these policies procedures and training modules and all those sorts of things in place it's very difficult for small businesses to gather that information so we're trying to do it for you is that we're trying to gather that information out there and think about the things that you may have not thought about as well and bring different aspects of the business forward Um, the model is simply if you're requiring something in your business and you're having troubles to find it, as part of the community, you can reach out and we will take the time to either answer those questions or find the, the answers for those questions you have or at least point you in the right direction so you're not sort of you know, poking around hoping that you can do that. So I do have a large community of people throughout Australia, New Zealand and also in the States that we can um, call on from time to time. So, you know, that's that's virtually what CASI is all about. So it's the Cleaning and Restoration Science Institute. Um, the science part of it is actually the understanding of your chemistry, um, how they work, the differences in chemicals, um, why you should use one chemical over another, uh, how chemicals work as far as pH values, buffering, um, you know, is it a green cleaning method, Many sorts of different things that we're trying to bring in. So, look, thank you very much. Thank you for your time again, Brooke. Um, And we'll see you all next time. Um, Goodbye. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, or surface, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in these podcasts do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast, or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. Moreover, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elemental codes that manifest contaminating or destructing uh, properties. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.